This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning, everyone. The first reading comes from the book of Isaiah. But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you, I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The second reading comes from the book of Acts. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Where the people are gathered, where the word is spoken, Christ is with us. Our gospel today comes from the third chapter of Luke. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Please be seated. Today is the 
the day on which we remember the baptism of Jesus. It's part of what we call epiphany because it is one more revealing of who Jesus is and of who Jesus will become. One more way in which we glimpse the fact that something new and unusual is happening. I've, as a pastor, done a lot of baptisms in my time, and I suppose it's good because I can't remember anything about my baptism, being rather minuscule at the time, and so instead I've seen other people's baptisms and what has happened there. Usually it's a time for family to come together, it's a time for celebration, everyone gets dressed up, maybe they even dress the baby up. And then we sprinkle some water over the head of the child. We say some words. And then the child is quickly bundled back into its mother's or father's or aunt or uncle's arms. And everyone goes off for dinner. I don't know what my baptism was like other than the stories I get secondhand from my parents who tell me that I was baptized at a camp and um, the pastor who baptized me baptized me using this little uh, pewter baby cup that was my brother's who's two years older than me and that everything went smoothly until he noticed that the pastor was using his cup to baptize, to anoint this interloper this newcomer to the family who he hadn't even decided yet really truly belonged to the family yet. And so when he saw that cup, he let loose with a howl that spoke for all the injustice in this world. So that's really all I know about my baptism. Everything else I had to learn later on in life. As I grew, my parents took me to church. I went to Sunday school, ended up in youth group, and there I learned what baptism meant. I learned about the idea of of being washed clean. I learned about the idea of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And eventually, at some point, I came across this passage that we heard today, where John speaks about how he is baptizing with water. But that one more powerful than he is coming who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And I figured, well, since the one who's coming after him is more powerful and since I'd been told the stories, I knew that that was Jesus, this must be the better baptism that's coming up. This is the one that we really want. Being baptized with water is okay, but with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then, of course, they would instantly make that connection between what John says and Pentecost, where we hear about the disciples gathered in the upper room and the wind of the Spirit blows through and then tongues of fire appear over their heads and they get all excited 
And they start talking in tongues and they start going out and, and, and preaching and everyone gets it and they all get converted. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. It seemed to me that the fire he spoke of was kind of the same, we, same way we talk about lighting a fire under someone to get them moving. It, like it motivated the disciples. It equipped the disciples. It sounded exciting. But it's funny how I can spend so much time in Scripture, which as a pastor I'm kind of required to do, and never really stop to look at the context. How many times have I read these words from John, but I never really stopped to ask the question, what does he mean by baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire? Well, if you want to know what John means when he talks about fire, what would be a good way to find out? Go look where else he talks about fire. Well, just a few verses before this, he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees. And he's telling them, well, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree, and any tree that does not produce good fruit gets thrown into the fire. And at the end of this, just right after he talks about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, he says that the one who's coming has a winnowing fork in his hand. And he's going to sift through this wheat and the chaff will be blown away and it will be burned in an unquenchable fire. And all of a sudden I'm getting uncomfortable. All of a sudden, I'm not so sure I want this baptism by fire. Because clearly, John is talking about judgment. John is talking about something being destroyed. Throughout the history of the church, throughout the history of religion, I suppose, people have always been a little too eager to decide just who it is who ought to be winnowed out. Just who it is who might be the chaff and who it is who might be the wheat. Who it is who might be the goats and who it is who might be the sheep. The Jews certainly had their ideas of who that might be. And for them, the ones who were going to be winnowed out and burned were those who were oppressing God's people those who had conquered them, those who had enslaved them, those who had made it impossible for them to become what God wanted them to be, this successful, this example people by which the world would be blessed. And so the ones they wanted to see burned were the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Philistines, the fill-in-the-blank, those Gentiles, those foreigners who were just as eager to turn the tables and to consign the Jews to the flames later on. When in the early church, they decided, you know what? They had their chance. They had God's law. They had the preaching of the prophets, and they didn't get it. Therefore, God has abandoned them and instead chosen us, the Gentiles, to become the new church. And so they wanted those 
faithless Jews to be the ones who would be winnowed out, who would be separated, who would burn with unquenchable fire. A belief that became all too poignant and all too terrible in the events of the Holocaust. But it's funny the difference that just one little word can make in Scripture. You'll notice that when John announces this new and powerful baptism, he doesn't say that the one who is coming will baptize you with either the Holy Spirit or with fire. He says he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. And in the analogy of the wheat and the chaff, the wheat and the chaff do not grow separately. You don't have fields of chaff and fields of wheat. Rather, they are part of the same plant. But it is the chaff that must be separated out before the wheat becomes what it is intended to be. Before it becomes useful to us as food. This baptism of Holy Spirit and fire is a baptism that comes to all of us, not some of us. It is not designed to separate the body, to separate the people, so that some might be left behind and some might be saved. But rather, it is what must happen to all of us and all of creation in order that we might be reformed and redeemed and recreated. Because God is bringing a new thing into being. Or maybe more accurately, God is bringing the old thing into being. God is bringing into being that that fullness of living, that completeness of life, that created perfection that God has intended from the beginning of time for us and for all of creation. But in order to get there, that which is broken, that which is distorted, that which is destructive must be left behind. Right after Jesus is baptized, he begins his ministry by reading from the prophet Isaiah and describing what the kingdom of God looks like. He says that the Lord has sent him to bring healing to the sick, to bring sight to the blind, to bring strength to the lame, to proclaim good news to the captives and the oppressed. In short, he paints this vision of what the kingdom looks like, a place where there is no oppression, a place where there is no grieving, a place where there is no violence. And so in order to be part of that kingdom, that part in us which is violent, that part in us that oppresses, that part in us that uses others as a, as a commodity rather than recognizing 
a fellow person. That part of us that stands against the kingdom of God must be winnowed away and must be consumed in a purifying fire. But you might have noticed in that passage from Isaiah that was read this morning, it talks about the people passing through the water as they did when they went through the Red Sea. But then it talks about them also passing through the fire, but not being burned. The part of us, the core, the the identity that is ours in God does not perish. But that which would keep us from that, that which would obscure that, or obscure it in others, rather is separated out and purified. Until finally we can enter into that kingdom as God intended us. I remember our youth leaders used to use the phrase speaking about the ongoing nature of baptism, that we were walking wet. A reminder to us that as Luther says, remember every day that you are baptized. But funny how we don't hear that much about that baptism by fire. We might just as easily say that we are the walking burning. That we go through this life ablaze. That every time we come into contact with the word, every time we come into the presence of Christ, that part of us is burned away. And sometimes it can be painful to recognize in us that part that must be left behind. To recognize in us that part that is destructful, destructive to ourselves or to others. But at the same time, we see emerging from that purifying fire that which is truly and purely us. That which bears the baptismal name given to us. That to which God replies, you are my beloved. And I will give all for you. And so even as we blaze we can rejoice at what we are becoming and the God who is recreating us. Amen.